Hello and welcome to another episode of Said Your Nan. My name's James. And my name's Stuart. We're just two guys who got together to raise awareness on men's mental health. During these episodes, we will talk about important issues facing men and their mental health. We are by no means professionals and the opinions in this podcast are our own. But please feel free to join in the conversation. Each episode will see us discuss different topics to help everyone better understand some of the ways that men deal or don't with their mental health. Overall, our aim is to get people talking. Evening James, how you doing? I am very well, how are you? Not too bad. How's your week been there, mate? How's things going? Oh, it's alright, it's alright. I've had uh, another another week off work, with the bar in two days, because um, I had to cover for somebody, but uh, it's been quite good. Catching up and uh, doing some final bits around the house, managed to get a few more crates emptied out of the uh, the storage unit, which is, uh, is a positive. Um, rest of it's just been the usual ferrying people around and doing bits and pieces. What about yourself? Uh, it's been quite quiet this week, actually. I've had a relatively quiet time. Uh, not long started a new job, so I've just been learning, really. So, But it'll be my first week on my own soon, so we'll see how that goes. Um, oh, there might be some interesting conversation topics for these uh, these shows, anyway. You're looking forward to that? Yeah, yeah, it'd be a challenge, I think. I've got to be honest with you, though, it's... Um, uh, it's a little bit different to what I'm used to, but uh, and it's certainly put some challenges into my head and given me some level of stress, but they're the good stresses, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I know well what you mean there. Well, I'm not going to sit here and do a rendition of any kind of Christmas songs, but I think we probably do need to talk about Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Let's have a let's have a chat about Christmas. I think it's the right time of year to to be having this. Uh... What? Because it's Christmas. <laughs> Is it Christmas? Oh, it's near as damn it. My tree's up. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, said you know, proper bar humbug. Oh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not venturing out to my shed because my back garden looks like a swimming pool at the moment. Said you know. uh, uh, <laughs> My bush is rather large. Honestly, this um, is probably uh, the, the most conversations that we have generally result in these conversations turning into something. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, dark or dodgy. And I've got to get my big old box out um, of my shed, <laughs> um, swim up my garden with it, and uh, so that my uh, alleged better half can get all the decorations out and put them up uh, for me to then swim back down the garden with the empty box, which will then stay there till what first week of January. We'll have to get it all back in again, um, and I can't be fucking asked if I'm honest. I really cannot be bothered. I know, and it, the problem is, it does you you. Once it's done and it's dusted and the decorations are up, yeah. it's not so bad because you've done it and it's sorted and you can kind of put it to bed. But the thought of, for me, I, I'm very lucky. I got decorations out of the loft yesterday uh, for me and my daughter to, to decorate the house. I brought down a box with a tree in it and a bag with decorations in it, like a single, I don't know, larger size shopping mm. bag. That was my That's my contribution to Christmas, right? So it took us hour and a half to put the tree up make it look pretty and the rest of the decorations took about five minutes so for me doddle right in the out the loft down the stairs done no real stress but i remember what it was like to have decorations and not have them easily accessible mine used to be in the garage yeah my garage was on block so it was out of the house 
down the garage, out, down to the garage, down the back garden, out to the garage, and then drag them all in. And they'd usually house all sorts of creatures in them and God knows what, because they'd found their way in there. Never liked it. I'd, I'd also just like to add my, uh, my other half. She, she decides to wrap everything in bubble wrap. Brilliant. Right, so we open a box... And there's all these, not baubles and stuff, they just go in packs, but all these little Christmas ornaments that come out and all the stuff that goes on the tree that the kids might have made when they were two years old. You know, bearing in mind my oldest is nearly 17, but that's fine, it comes out every year and that gets wrapped in bubble wrap, so it all gets unwrapped when I, I do it, and then come, you know, January when we take it down, it all gets rewrapped again. It's a, it's a, like a two-day event to put the tree up on one day, take it down on another day. So that, to me, just sounds like a level of stress I wouldn't want to get involved in. <clears throat> no, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I don't, um, <clears throat> no, and, no, thank you. And that's before we even got into Christmas, right? This is like the lead up. <laughs> Not just that, I've just got some semblance back in my, my sitting room where uh, my daughter's toys have now all been migrated to a new bedroom. So actually it's looking quite reasonable i'm gonna go and pile a load of crap in there and fill it all back up again yeah and it almost makes it feel like you have spent ages clearing something and getting somewhere something somewhere good and then going why have i done this yeah i'll just take a big dump on it i'll um i'll put my soapbox away now because i think that's enough ranting about my uh dilemmas of getting me uh my big old tree out um what i really wanted to talk about today was mental health surprise surprise but um, over Christmas, um, again, through the, the work we've done and some of the TED-style talks we've given, we've looked at the stats that, that sit around Christmas and around mental health. And there was some great research done by the Priory Group in uh, 2020, which is available on their website if you want to go and have a look. Um, they surveyed 2,000 males aged 25 and over looking at Christmas. Um, and what, I'll just call out some of these stats and we can have a bit of a conversation about what you think. So one in three men feel lonely at Christmas, even in the company of others. Yeah, that's about right, I think. is um, I don't, uh, Specifically probably more at Christmas because there's a lot going on, present buying and yeah. money worries and God knows what for a lot of people. But also is your mind, when you're generally in a men mentally unstable place, if that's one of the better words, is your brain wanders. Yeah. You know, and... <clears throat> It doesn't matter if you sat there with people and chatting to people, you, you, your mind will wander. Um, and at Christmas, it's probably for enhanced things. So I can understand that. I, um, I've been there. You know, I'll go to a family dinner around a family member's house, maybe 10, 15 people there. And I will find myself leaving the room with everybody in to go and sit in a different room for 10 minutes because I just want that time now I, I might feel lonely when i'm doing that but there, there's, there's a number of things that can cause that like you know not feeling like you have anything in common with the people you're around you know christmas there's this massive burden on you have to get together and spend time with family but actually some people don't want to do that and they do it because they feel it's the right thing to do yeah and the thing is right that's with your family yeah, right? yeah absolutely. You know, so you're sitting there going i've got nothing in common with my family yeah you know and actually the, the Probably the harsh reality is that that's probably because you've grown apart as you've got older and whatnot. But you, you do have love and care for your family, and you probably got. Oh, no, this isn't for me personally. Yeah. I, I, I've got plenty <coughs> yeah. with my family, but I can yeah. see people that are in that situation. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the royal you. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever. Well, mine yeah. is more. I'll come out the back of a crap week. Um, you know, you know, my weekends are pretty hectic anyway, with running family around and bits and pieces. 
it's then an, an additional layer of stress for me at times yeah. to go and attend a family event like that. Yeah, and, and I feel the same, yeah. interestingly. So I've got, I mean, the limited amount of people that I spend my time with, the better. So mm. smaller groups, generally. So if I go and visit my mum, for example, I can go there with either just myself or, or my partner or the kids. Mm. And it just be us. And I can deal with that. But you start bringing my extended family, so you bring my brothers in and their kids... Or, or, or their partners and that, who I love dearly, but when you bring it all together as a big group, I actually get incredibly anxious. Mm. Like, I struggle with it. Not because I dislike anyone in my family, but because I'm thinking, I don't want to make all these conversations. My, my brain isn't designed to go and talk to my brother who I haven't seen for six months, mm. and then try and make six months of conversation in two hours. Yep. And it, it's hard. It's really hard. Mm. There's some great comedians... Hard. There's some great comedians out there that make great references to those kind of family scenarios. I mean, like one that sticks in my head is Peter Kay when he talks about Uncle Knobhead. You know, prime example, right? You know, um, there's oh, other comedians are available. Other comedians are available. Are available. I already mentioned Peter Kay because he's very prevalent in the news at the moment, selling out a multi-night tour across the whole of the UK. Um, so back to the point. So 2,000 males surveyed, 25 aged and over. Nearly a quarter of those experienced more financial stress at Christmas time. Now, I, I, I get that. You know, I've got relatively young kids. There is a lot of pressure for kids to have the latest and greatest gadgets amongst their peer groups. And they're forever getting more and more expensive. And it's all expensive. It's all expensive mm. now because if it's the latest iPhone or the latest Android, the latest MacBook, the latest yep. iPad, the latest tablet... Games consoles, games, even yeah. games. 60 quid a pop now for a PlayStation or Xbox game. And interestingly, and I know it's a, it still shouldn't matter because it's a console, but look at games for the Switch. Yeah. This console is a tiny screened little beast mm. that doesn't probably quite stack up to the larger, bigger consoles. But actually the cost of the game, some of them games are £70. Mm. You think, well, how the, how the hell? Yeah. And then kids want them for Christmas. Yeah. I want that game. And... This is the shift, isn't it, in the last two decades, mm. is that stuff used to be cheap, <laughs> yep. naturally anyway, but now people want it. And I was having a conversation with the, with someone the other day, and their parents had bought them an iPhone, and it probably an iPhone 11 or, or something or whatever it was. Um, and for me as a kid, I'd have been like, wow, you bought me a phone for Christmas. But this kid was like, but that's not the newest one. Yeah. That was the reaction was, but that's not the newest one. All of my friends have got newest. This is why have I, why have you only bought me an eleven? You know, and you think there's two things there. Is one there's too much technology and ungrateful reactions to stuff because it's so readily available. Mm. But also the cost and how that impacts the person buying it. Yep, you're doing a good deed, right? I'm buying my kid this lovely present. Kid's not interested. Because, let's face it, an iPhone 11 is still, what, 350 quid? It's a good, good amount of money. It's, it's a, a massive amount of money, of money to spend and on also, a Christmas present. And also, a decent phone, right? Yeah. So, would you not be grateful for that? Personally, yeah. Exactly that. And I'm a huge techno fan, you know me. I would, the phone next new mm. phone comes out, I'm like, I need it, yeah. you know. But ultimately, if somebody bought me a present, 
I'd be bloody grateful mm. regardless. But unfortunately, being grateful isn't a thing so much nowadays. No. And look, you know, that's generalising, okay? Because some people bring up their kids extremely well. I agree. And yeah, some yeah. people's children will just accept it. Yeah. And I'm, quite, I'm lucky enough to go that my daughter's quite happy with a phone from about 2019 that barely powers on without needing like some sort of electric jolt from a car using jumper cables but she loves it because she loves her phone and i'm trying to get her to use a new phone now and it's tough to move her on to it right well my boys have got xrs you know exactly. yeah there you go it's not it's not because and it's not the parents all the time it's no, no. it's social media friends having stuff yeah peer pressure is massive yeah and parents have to live up to this yeah. you know yeah massively it's a it's a big big uh, burden because parents then feel obliged to go and get themselves into more debt to uh, to make their kids happy. And, and mm. what what is happiness? Happiness isn't an iPhone 13 Pro Max, 14 Pro Max, whatever it is. Happiness, you know, and I think as you get older, you realise that happiness... Oh, look at me all sounding all philosopher, good philosopher, I don't think I call you here. You know. Um, Not doing you any good for your words. <laughs> no, no, absolutely, absolutely. Happiness isn't the money you spend. Happiness is the time you spend with people. Yeah, and yeah. I look at, you know, family members that have passed and gone that, you know, I'd give anything to go and spend time with again. So I'd, I'd give that, I'd take that over any amount of money or any amount of, you know, iPhones. But you could go and buy me the most expensive car you could find, but I wouldn't be interested if there was an opportunity. Yeah, so you'd have me a car. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I sold the rest of them, I'm not interested. Yeah, no, yeah. And small man syndrome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I... <laughs> And yeah, I think if go go back, I, I appreciate that I, I kind of stumbled over my words a little bit when I was talking about gratitude and parents mm. and stuff. And I don't, there's no judgment. You know, that's the point of this no. is there is no judgment. And and yes, some parents bring up their kids awfully, right? We know that. That's not yep. a, I'm not suggesting that whoever you are, Mr. or Mrs. Joe Public that I'm talking to now and listening to this, you bring up your children in any bad way. What I'm saying is there are parents out there that do bring up their kids in such a way that, They've got to have expensive and they've mm. got to have name stuff and it's just, it's seen in learned behaviour as they grow up. But there are also parents that absolutely bend over backwards to make sure that their children are grateful and understand, uh, you know, what they're having to do mm. and how much they're having to sacrifice. And the kids still aren't happy. No. Right? And that's got nothing to do with the parenting. No, no. So it's not judgmental in any way. We all know there are people out there that make it worse for themselves. We all know there are people out there that try to make it better for themselves. But it doesn't discount from the fact that whether you are a whether you are bringing your children up to want expensive stuff or you're bringing your children up to be more grateful, the feeling of mental health and stress and anxiety or any of that stuff will be relevant to both sets of people, mm. right? Because you either strive because you've tried to give your kids everything they ever wanted so therefore if it doesn't go right or you're not consistently delivering that level of present where's your head at at that point you're right it's a slippery slope you do it once you say i'm going to make the exception this year i'm going to save up and i'm going to get them that present that they've always wanted always wanted but you know you're almost setting the precedent and Mm. then next year when you don't spend 500 quid on a PlayStation or an Xbox from them, that in a child's mind, it's, well, last year I got this. Well, and in an adult's mind as well, though, right? Because I've seen it where a comment's been made where someone that I've known has said, I bought my partner XYZ last Christmas, and this year I couldn't afford that, and she visibly looked upset. Mm. 
but you bought me this last year. Yeah. You know, and and that's interesting as well because, you know, some people don't require stuff. Mm. Some people require thought. I'm a thought person. But some people require stuff. And again, the mental health side of stuff fits in both categories. If you're a thoughtful person, like you like people to think about their present, and the person who buys you a present spends 500 quid, but it's about as thoughtless as, well, whatever, you know, never going to use it. They don't know you well enough. Then mentally that affects you. Yep. Because you're going, why doesn't this person know me well enough to know I didn't need this, whatever it was. And then if you spend a little amount of money on somebody, but it's extremely thoughtful, and that person wants you to spend money on them because money quantifies how much you love them. Again, that person buying the present ends up being in a situation of, oh, I can't win. You know, it's tough. It's, it's really interesting. <clears throat> I, I dropped my eldest at work today and uh, before I come in here. And, and come in here. <laughs> um, and um, I was having a conversation with him in the car before he, he went into work. And we're talking about he, he gets paid fortnightly, so he gets his next paycheck next Friday. And uh, he wants to use some of that money to buy Christmas presents for the family. And, you know, this is his first proper job. So prior to that, he was using his allowance to buy presents for people, which at that age normally meant a trip to Poundland, you know, as, as kids do. Yep. So I went, well, it's all right. You can get off down to Poundland. Oh, well, I don't want everyone to think I'm a cheapskate, was the words he said. Yeah, and that's the first thing he said, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's the first, not... Um, anything else other than it's the money side of it yeah 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 Yeah. i said it really doesn't matter what how much money you spend it's the thought of giving the gift but also as well though again in this we go back to this conversation from earlier is know your audience yeah and the problem is is if you know that your group of friends or your family members and it's not us obviously overall expect more from you then you are going to go I don't want people to think I'm a cheapskate. Yeah. You know, because you know what people are like, as where if you know in your family that people couldn't give a shit, they're not interested. You know, I went to Poundland and bought you a, you know, flickable bowling game for your fingers. You know what I mean? Just for a bit of a laugh and fun. Then somebody's actually gone out of their way to go and buy you something and get you something that is a little bit fun. Might only be for 10, 20 minutes, but actually, do you know what? So what? Thank you. You bought your present. Agree. It's about thinking about the mm. gift you're giving rather than the amount of money you're spending on it. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm cul- I'm a culprit, I think, because I don't really receive gifts very well. I never have done. I don't. I've always been. If you're I were a giver rather than a receiver, <laughs> are you? <laughs> you know, it is. Um, I've heard. Yeah. Um, I would much rather find a present that's got some value, <clears throat> be it financially or sort of sentimentally to yeah. somebody, and really think about it and get a present and give it to someone. And, um, and I find it really uncomfortable. I actually, this is another good topic, because I, I actually find it really uncomfortable for people to ask me what I want for Christmas or to buy me a present for Christmas, because I just, I don't know. And then you sit there and go, imagine if you went to someone, what do you want for Christmas? Oh, uh, I don't know, uh, Xbox. You know, it's, no, yeah. that's not what I meant, you know. Oh, yeah, but that's what I want for Christmas. It might be 400 quid, but I don't care, I want an Xbox. Um you can't have that conversation with someone. So then you go, oh, I'll have a voucher or whatever, you know. And then I feel bad saying, can I have a voucher? Because like, I'm asking for something. And then they go, oh, don't say vouchers. That's a cop-out. Think of something. Then the anxiety kicks in because I don't want anything. You know, I don't need anything. So now I'm being expected to think of something, which I've then got to return the gift. 
Uh, that's that's the big one for me. It's returning the gift. Yeah. So, you know, somebody gives me a present, I then feel obliged I've got to get them something, give it, give something back to them. Yep. And it's not always that simple. No. Nope. Right? You know, so... Someone in your family member has 120 grand a year, you earn 20 grand a year, yeah. right? Somebody buys you a very elaborate couple of tickets to a West End show for 150 quid, and you buy them a tin of heroes or celebrations, right? Because that's what you can afford. Yep. So, whilst the other person receiving the present might be quite grateful because they understand that, you won't. No. Because you'll be like, I feel like, you know, I should, I should need to get more. Or you'll bend over backwards and get into debt to repay a similar favour. It's interesting, right? So I look at this on the other foot. I don't know, we've diverged from the topic completely. So I've got extended family that at Christmas, I will always buy bottles of wine for, right? And it ain't big money. I'll go and utilise one of the buy six, save 25%. Yeah. So I'm probably, as couples, I'll be buying them a bottle of wine each. It's a fiver per, per package, right? And they get taken off to their house on Christmas day by a family member. And the response I always get is, we, we feel really bad. Can you stop doing that because we feel guilty that we haven't got you anything and my view is i'm not expecting you to get me anything yeah but it's human nature yeah that's the problem it's human nature is if you know you could literally buy me a a small present for christmas you could literally go here you go here's a i don't know a bobblehead toy or something for christmas and i might have not thought about getting you something because let's be honest you know i don't necessarily no, buy no, no, presents no. for christmas but one year it might happen and i'll be like i'd be mortified yeah because i haven't got anything but like, oh, I, haven't, I haven't got anything what i got you that jedward annual that year you did give me that jedward annual. <laughs> 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 enough said about i that. mean i'm pretty certain that over the course of this conversation things like tubes of ky jelly and my boss yeah yeah are probably yeah. going to come up across the line somewhere and all sorts of things but <laughs> mm. yeah it is it's, I think gifts gifts are a real tough thing and Christmas is obviously going to cause a lot of frustration for people yeah you know yeah the definitely. stats are the stats are very telling you know like you say it's it's and that's a quarter of males yep. you know that it's financial stress because they're not wondering they're wondering what to get mm. so uh, there was a um, same poll from the, the Priory group they were talking about the top pressures that men face at Christmas. 42% of men felt pressure to attend work Christmas parties. And that's interesting, because I never have, mm. being a man. Um, I never have felt pressure. I, I, I could take it or leave it. Mm. My pressures come when I've been at the party. That's when it's a problem for me, is when I get there, and then there's that, where do I fit in kind of scenario. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, I hear that. As a home-based worker, mm. you're not used to being <clears throat> in an office. And offices generally have their cliques, don't they? Absolutely, you know? yep. Um, so you rock up as the home-based guy and it's like, where do I go? What do I do? And I'm not a drinker as well, right? No. So you look at the dis- distance, it's a little bit out of drinking and they're having a laugh and they're getting more and more. Their inhibitions are being thrown out the window a little bit and you've got these groups of people chatting and doing some stuff. And we've had people on tables before, do you know what I mean? Having yeah. all sorts of, just all sorts of crazy stuff going on, you know, Christmas parties. Um, but I'm quite reserved, so I won't be drinking and I won't be getting involved in that so much. But I do enjoy my time, but I often wonder how people perceive me. Yeah. Because I'm a sat quiet on a table somewhere. And I think that, once you've attended a work Christmas party, if you've actually made it there, if you've got past that anxiety, is then how do you feel when you finally get there? You're probably all right, I would have thought. I'm not... I, so for me, I know, but... like, going out, you know, I'm, 
I feel like the grumpy old man sometimes. Yeah. You know, my, my team will want to go out and they want to go to bars and then to a nightclub. That's not me. I, I'm very much an observer, right? I like people watching. So if, I, if we go to a club, I'll be standing there at the bar for most of the time where they're on the dance floor doing what they want to do because I'm not interested in that kind yeah. of thing. I'm happy to sit there and watch, see what people are doing. But yeah, not... Uh, You're a voyeur. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well... Mm. <laughs> no, I, and I agree, same. You know, yeah. I think that's probably why we do tend to get on quite well with mm. because the, the similarities are there in terms of it's... We're not extrovert to that level. No. Not necessarily introvert, but mm. we're not extrovert to the point of having to be the centre of the attention at that point. Um, which is great, right? Because some people look like they're really enjoying themselves, which is brilliant. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't really fit for me. But again, I can understand why it's such a high number. Mm. As to people that just feel stressful as if they... they ha and look how, look how it is, right? You get email upon email upon email reminding you of the Christmas party, yeah. saying, this is your last chance. You need to let me know by the specific date because you've got to get tickets mm. or whatever. And it does put pressure on people because they're going, oh, I want to, but should I? Yeah. And then if they miss that opportunity, that could necessarily have quite a bit of an impact. Yeah. Well, I didn't get a chance to go. I got left out because I couldn't make my mind up. You know? I um, A few years back, I remember working with a number of different customers and I got invited to all of their Christmas parties. And that just exacerbated it more because yeah. different parties, different dress codes for each party. Some were fancy dress, some was, you know, bow ties and waistcoats and stuff. And then you get into the demographic, the, the Secret Santa stuff at Christmas parties. Yeah. You know, we're going to do that. So then I've got the pressure of, I've got this Secret Santa <laughs> gift I've got to buy for somebody that I don't really know. You know, what do I do? I get on Love Honey and buy something stupid off of there. Say, right? yeah. That's the, the, the best one I ever bought was a latex horse's head for somebody. Perfect. What more do you want, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the 2,000 men that were surveyed, you had 42% of them all worried about Christmas parties, 41% about the financial worries, which we've spoken about, 30% feeling the pressures at work. So making sure you're keeping up with your work during the festive period. Yeah, because there were a lot more <clears throat> things in the office that yeah. go on. Christmas jumper days and, you know... Um, work food parties yeah. and, and whatever that take you away from what you're physically doing on, on the day-to-day -day job. And again, is people want you to be involved. Yeah. And if you're that kind of person that wants to sit there and just not be involved, me, um, then you just want to be left alone. Yeah. So, yeah. and you do, you sit there, but find out if it's, if it's hot desking, right? Go find the, the most darkest corner of the, you know, of the, of the office and go hide there and hope that no one notices you there. 25% of the 2,000 said they were worried about the year ahead, which is an interesting one. And that and that's probably quite important this conversation now because we've got the cost of living. Yep. As well as Christmas. So people are experiencing the worst time in like thirty odd years or mm. whatever it is. And and immediately they've then got to have Christmas. Yep. And then once they've got Christmas and they've spent all that money and then we get to January and they go, Why did I spend all that money mm. at Christmas? Now I don't have any money. Yep. And then you get told that in the new year that finances are changing and then you're thinking, of, you know, what's going to happen with jobs yep. and so on and so forth. So I, that's quite important. So I look at that slightly differently from me. I, I sit there and I think, am I going to be here this time next year? Right? You know, and I, I look at how my health has spiralled over the last few months. Yeah. And it's, it's a real question for me, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, no, don't gloss over that. No, no, no. Cause that's, no, because that's quite a... 
It's quite an important point, mm. right? You know, moving on to the next stat, you know, you, you sit and you look at a comment like that, it's how many people actually do think, yeah. am I going to make it to next Christmas? Mm. Or, or am I going to make it to Easter, for crying out loud? You know, I'm going to make it to New Year, whatever. But am I going to make it to next Christmas? Because they're the people that need to start talking. I totally agree. Right? I totally agree. And, and what you do when you get into that <coughs> kind of mental state is you start looking at milestones. So Christmas is a milestone. What's the next milestone? It might be Easter. You know, birthdays, yeah. Birthdays. Like yeah. And then before you know it, you're back at Christmas again. Yeah. Um, and yeah, looking at the suicide rates we've spoken about on previous episodes, there will be a lot of people that won't be around come next Christmas. Yeah. And people are already planning, you know, I'll get over Christmas because I don't want to upset the family. You know, and that could be suicide, it could be a, a, a relationship breakup or anything, you know. Yeah. And it's a hard it's mm. a hard conversation to have. So like it's hard for me. So being mm. the other side of the, the, the desk here and talking to you and hearing you say that, for me specifically, what with you being one of my closest friends, is I don't want to hear you say that. No, no. no. I need to hear you say it because I don't need to know where your head's at, but I don't want to hear you say it. I want to hear you going, I'm looking forward to next yep. year. Um and I often wonder how many people get to that point that don't express that. So that was 2,000 UK men that wanted to talk about mm. it. Of that 2,000 men, 25% of them were worrying about the year ahead. That's 2,000 men, so that's a drop in the ocean, right? So how many men actually willing to talk about well, it? Well, you just scale it up, don't you? you know? but, but it still it still doesn't give you any information. No, no, no I agree. You know, I agree. It, 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 and that doesn't just... It's obviously not just men, it's people, mm. right? We all fear the same issues but worrying about the year ahead how many people go i'm worried about the year ahead and say exactly what i said money but but how many of those 25 percent are thinking i'm not going to make it to next christmas yep but they won't say anything no no and that that bothers me because of the predominant friend group i have is men yep and the predominant friend group that i have lots of people are stressed i agree i agree the good news is, from my personal point of view, I'm happy to talk about it. Exactly right? that. So, yep. so that's the difference. That's why we do this. It's, it, it, absolutely. It's the ones, as you say, that don't talk about it or don't know how to start that conversation. <clears throat> yeah, and, and look, so I used to be, years ago, I used to be quite a... Um, uh, I keep myself to myself. So stuff like I'd never talk about stuff like this, never this conversation. I certainly wouldn't put myself on a podcast for people to listen to in the public um, domain. But... Over the last, I'd probably say the last five or six years, probably where our friendships got a little bit stronger and we probably chatted a bit more and got involved in stuff, is I've given up not talking about stuff. Like, now I'll just say what I think. Yep. And, um, and I'll combat conversations that we have. Mm. Like, you may say something and I will tell you I disagree. Yep. You know, as much as you'll tell me you disagree. And I think that's healthy as well. Mm. Because there's been points where I've gone to you, no, I think you're wrong. Um, and then when we've had that conversation, you've gone, oh, I see where you're coming from. Or that you've said to me, no, I disagree, Stuart. And I've yep. gone, yeah, actually, I see where you're coming from. And that works with these mental health issues mm. because I could be very, very one-sided that this is how it is. This is why I feel this way. I'm stressed. I'm upset. I'm feeling, you know, down about A, B, and C. And you'll come bounding along and go, you know, put your chin up, you dickhead. You know, you're not, that's not right. Mm. You know, you're, you're looking at it in this perspective. Why don't you look at it from yep. this way? And it's like, do you know what? Actually, that's not as bad as it is. Mm. If I didn't open my trap and chat to you, vice versa, 
I'd just let that fester and yeah. I would I would let it drag me down further. And if you can spend 20 minutes chatting to somebody that's going to tell you you're being a dickhead, mm. they, they might either save your life or at least just make you feel a little bit better. Absolutely. Couldn't, ag- couldn't agree yeah, more. You know. and, and that, again, I think, going back to the old Bob Hoskins, it's good to talk yeah. scenario. You know, I mean, you go back, what's that, the 80s? Mm. You know that. It, back then... It would yeah. have been the perfect slogan for mental health. Mm. You know, it just, people just don't talk enough. No. Or they don't feel like they can. So the idea of this is to go, do you know what, it is all right. Yeah. You know, it is absolutely all right. It's back to that man up. You know, men should be strong. They should be silent. They should be the breadwinners. They should be out there earning the money. They're not going to talk about their feelings or their emotions. But you know what, there's no, there's no, there's nothing wrong with perceiving a man as being masculine or being... No. You know, being a man that will go out and do that because actually some of us feed on that of mm. being the breadwinner, being the provider. It's like, that's my job. But actually it should be, that's your job because you want to do it, not because you're expected to do it. Yep. And that's the difference, I think, expectation versus, you know, actual want. Yep. Um, so for me, I want to be a protector. I want to be the man that earns the money. I want, I like that old fashioned mm. style of stuff. And the best thing for me is that it's not expected of me. Yeah. So I don't worry about that stuff because I am earning money and I am doing what I need to do. And yes, it is harder now that basically the government siphons every bloody penny you've got off of every possible way they can. But, you know, it's choice, you know, to be to want to be in that position as opposed to my partner or anybody else going, you need to do more. You need to earn more. You're the man. You need to do, Mm. you know, X, Y, Z. And and that's where the problem is, isn't it? Yeah. That, you know, it's the expectation <clears throat> that you need to man up. Yep. You know? Absolutely. And I'd love to know where that expression came from. Like, when it appeared and where it came from originally and what decade or what whatever it was. Because it wouldn't surprise me if it's been around for hundreds of years. I know? think, and I might misquote, but um, I'm pretty sure there was a, an interesting podcast with uh, Jordan Peterson where he was talking about that. Yeah. And uh, he, he was... Uh, being interviewed by uh, somebody that's uh, a feminist and you know he was talking very firmly about that that state because men have historically done most of the manual labor jobs so being those yeah. ones that go out they're on the tools they're down the coal mines they're up the power the lines yeah. the brick lane the yeah. whole whole lot they're all men's jobs or, or perceived as men's jobs yeah yes yeah and we and we obviously we see that there's a shift in stem and some of these manual mm. type works we see more female plumbers we do see more female bricklayers it's it's a, a lesser amount than yeah. you'd expect but you do see it and you do see more women in stem getting into it mm. or, or scientific or, or technical fields but it's still incredibly incredibly low yeah and it is incredibly low um and 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 people will say yeah but we need this equality it's fine you can say we need equality but it doesn't take away from the fact that it still happens yeah that most men are up a ladder you know, or doing a manually intense job, mm. it doesn't take away from that. Just because it's not equal at the moment, there aren't more women doing it, yep. it doesn't mean that there aren't shitloads of men out there still putting their lives in danger, mm. working on roads, working up ladders, working down mines, however you want to look at it, doing the manual work. Yep. You know, and it, it is a, it is sometimes deemed as a very clear expectation. Yeah. Yep. You know, workmen. 
Workmen. But it is workmen. That yeah, word. Now I've got the you know? men at work in my head. <laughs> Come from down land under. No, land down under. No, yeah. was, that, was that men at work? Yeah, that was men at work. Yeah. yeah. Was that Toto? No, that was Africa. That was Africa. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Men at work. I won't play any of the clips to you because otherwise we have to pay licensing credits to. Uh, we could sing it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not Maybe at a Christmas party after a few yeah. drinks. So. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel really bad now, actually, that um, you know, what with my love of music, mm. that I actually even questioned who it was. Yeah. But I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that away. So that's 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 Christmas. You know, they're the, they're the key stats we wanted to talk about. Um, I think the the important thing to kind of close on with this one is there's a number of really good charities out there that can help you over the Christmas period. Um, we can link some in the show notes. So uh, Mind have a crisis service. You've got Shelter that do support over Christmas for homelessness. There's Samaritans. Um, there is Step Change, which are a really, really good debt charity. And I've, I've had some involvement with them over the years. And uh, Porchlight as well, which is another uh, really, really good homeless charity. And, and again, you know, ending this now, and we, we probably are highly aware of the fact that a lot of the content in these podcasts can be quite negative, yeah, or they can be quite upsetting because people probably relate to it or understand it. It's, we're not really being very, woo, look at this, you know, but that's, that's the point. Um, but you know, it is Christmas, yeah, enjoy Christmas, try to find the positives around it, mm. spend your time with your family, look at the stuff that makes you happy. Look at the things that you can create around you. Look at the spaces you can create around you, be it people or places that make you happy. And don't be afraid to have that conversation. Um, Martin Lewis, the other day in an interview, was talking about it. Sit your, fam your extended family down and just explain that you don't want to do presents this year. You know, that you'd rather donate some money to charity or, you know, you're going to focus on just the, just the kids yeah, which is common now, isn't it? Doing yeah. presents for kids, you yeah. know. Um, take that financial burden and that worry of having to, to buy presents for people. Just take charge of it. And you'd be surprised how many people you talk to in the rest of your mm. family that have wanted to have that same conversation. Absolutely. But someone's got to start it. But, but, you know, again, look for the positives. Mm. You know, I know it's easy to say we all have tough times and it's easy to go, well, just, just smile a bit. Yeah. But actually, you know, try to find those things that make you happy properly monopolize on what actually makes you smile you know and if nothing makes you smile find someone to talk to and speak to somebody because at that point you need to have the discussion you need to have a conversation yeah. and, and and i don't think it really matters who you know it yeah. could be a colleague or a friend or if you're not comfortable discussing it you know like we say the links of these places that we'll, we'll put in the sure in the notes yeah. is speak to professionals yeah because actually, you are not alone. That's the yeah, important thing. And they're really good. Mm. You know, they did. The people need to understand. Is that like, oh, I can't speak to them. What do they know? These guys. This is their job. Yeah. That day in and day out, they are talking to people that are, that are finding it difficult to cope, and they are helping and supporting them, and they do worthwhile things. So please, don't read all of, into this as all being negative, and don't look at it as being a, a negative conversation. And all these bad things that we can talk about, all these mm. horrible stats, they're important because they need to be listened to. But try and find your happy at the same time. Yeah, try and have a peaceful Christmas yeah. in whatever way that looks to you. Yeah, just try not to do any work. Yes. I'm specifically looking at somebody in the same room as me. Because <laughs> I'm not. Thank you, everybody. We'll uh, we'll catch you on the next one. 
Join us on the next episode where we'll be discussing alcoholism and the impact that has on men and their mental health and well-being. Until then, we'd both like to wish you a very, very happy Christmas and we'll speak to you again next week. Thank you for listening today. We would really love to hear from you with comments and suggestions or if you'd like to join us on a future podcast. Please email us at sedjournan at onthemend.org.uk or you can tweet us at sedjournan and find us on Instagram at sedjournan.org.uk